Hello and welcome to the Waffle Zone. If you hear me yawn, it's because it's 4 a.m. Sorry. I just finished recording a long episode. Much longer than planned. (laughs) But uh, you do those things sometimes. And I had to stay up kind of all night tonight for my job because I have to work weird hours this week. So... Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Uncle Steve, and bad news, Matt's not here. Even worse news, Kirsty's not here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, take that for what it is, but, um, you know, maybe you hang up the call right now, or you hang up the episode, you turn it off, but uh, we got a good one for you, or an interesting one at the very least. I'm going to start out telling you what podcast I listen to because I listen to a lot more music than I did podcast. So I listen to the Everything is Awful podcast, Jim Florentine's podcast, uh, Never Happened Stories and Good Side of Bad News. I listen to the Decibel Geek Geek Wire episode that came out on June 8th of 23. I listen to Monty's Rockcast episode 259, and I listen to the Twilight Zone podcast, The Old Man in the Cave. And that was interesting because I've never seen that episode, uh, The Old Man in the Cave, the actual Twilight Zone episode. So it was interesting hearing about one and going, wow, all the years I thought I'd seen all these episodes, and here's one I haven't seen. Was enjoyable. So let me tell you what music I listen to. I listen to a lot of music. I had a job uh, this past week, uh, and I have the same job this coming week, where I was driving a total of about 10 to 11 hours a day uh, in five-hour increments, five-hour to five-and-a-half-hour increments. So gives you a lot of time to listen to music. And the bad thing, too, about doing a solo episode like this, it's been a while since I've done with these, but there's no buffer if you need to yawn. You know, you're kind of screwed. So, and when you say that word, it makes you want to do that thing. <laughs> so, so let me let me tell you what albums I listen to by what bands. Uh, first band I listened to was um, P.O.D., uh, which stands for Payable on Death. It's the acronym. Uh, and I listened to two of my favorite albums by them. Oddly enough, not two of the first albums I that I had by them or heard by them. A lot of people kind of fall in that little category of, well, whatever I got into first is generally what I think is my favorite. Uh, I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm not sure why. I don't always fall that way. So occasionally I do, but I tend to usually like latter material stuff, um, at least by some bands. I guess it's all subjective, just like anything else. But the two albums I listened to by P.O.D. were called When Angels and Serpents Dance. And the second one was Murdered Love, which Murdered Love, I believe, is my favorite overall. It's got a lot of it's got a couple of songs that I don't care for, but mostly a lot of really good stuff that I like a lot. This next one is one that is going to make Kirsty smile. It's an album called Black Gives Way to Blue. By Alice in Chains. It's the first album they did with William Duvall. Uh, they're they're kind of, I wouldn't call it their comeback, but their first album after Lane Staley passed away, several years after he passed away. Good album. 
Um, I remember when I first got that album because my wife went to the store to buy me the new Alice Cooper album. <laughs> and uh, she came home and she was like, hey, I got you this new Alice Cooper album. And my wife isn't quite as musically uh, knowledgeable. And so I looked at it and I was kind of like, and I honestly had not, I wasn't going to give Alice and Chains a shot. I was just kind of like, you know, if Lane Staley's not there, I'm not really interested. Uh, but because my wife bought it, I thought, you know what? Now I have it here. I'll go ahead and listen to it. And so I gave it a listen and I didn't like everything at first, but man, there were some songs on there that really, really blew me away. Like, um, the, the, uh, what's it? Check my brain. Check my brain is like the second track on the album, man. It's just, it is awesome. Uh, one song that really, really, uh, really grabbed me was called private hell. It, it's got a real uh, down in the hole vibe to it. Uh, it's something that they've continued honestly with a lot of their, every album has a song like that. And, uh, here, let me, I'll let you hear it. Here's this kind of, uh, a little bit of what it sounds like. It's got a little bit of that vibe and if you don't hear it, then so be it. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, man. When I heard that, I was just like, holy crap. Like, these guys are really still making great songs. If you like that. You know, I know the counselor doesn't like it and Matt doesn't like it, but what do they know? So, yeah, um, I just adored listening to that, man. When I, when that was like probably the song that when I heard it, I was like, holy crap, I've got to really dig in on this one. And I'm glad I did because the two albums that followed it, uh, Rainier Fog and uh, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here in reverse order, uh, they're amazing albums. Like to me, each one gets better. So, and all that stuff, I think you know, pretty much compares with the stuff they did with uh, Lane Staley. So good on them. Uh, listen to um, a band that will make Outback Mark smile. I listened to Black Sabbath. I listened to two of my favorite albums by them, Sabotage and Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Uh, listen to an album that will make Matt smile probably uh, by Collective Soul. Might make him do more than smile. Uh, it's called vibrating. <laughs> uh, sorry, Matthew. Um, I also listened to another album that's going to make Kirsty smile. I listened to Under the Midnight Sun by The Cult. Uh, really strong uh, recent output by them. These guys, it's, it's great how they just keep putting out good material. And it's awesome for us as fans because, gosh, it's, it's amazing to think that it's 2023 and a band that I started listening to in about 1980, you know, eight, 87, 86-ish is still putting out good material. It's really awesome. Um, next band I listened to was Dawkin. I listened to Back for the Attack and their acoustic live album, One Live Night. 
Do you count it as an acoustic album if the guitar player is playing an electric guitar? I mean, all the guitars are amplified, obviously, but he plays like the leads on electric guitar and stuff. It's it's a really cool vibe because everything else is acoustic. So then I listen to another album that'll probably upset or, you know, they just won't be happy. A lot of people won't be happy when they hear that I listen to this album because, gosh, you can't listen to this and like it. Uh, but guess what? I listened to Iron Maiden's Virtual Eleven, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's a good album, and, uh, you know, is it a Bruce album? Obviously not, but it's still a good album. The next one I listen to is one that will make, um, who will this one make smile? Uh, Dennis Stratton. Dennis Stratton will smile when he knows this, but uh, he won't know it because he probably doesn't listen. But I listened to one of his albums, uh, Lionheart's The Reality of Miracles. Uh, I really, really like this album. It's a really good mix. It's it's a solid I don't know, 13, 14 songs of, it might be 12, <laughs> but I listened to the whole album and it's a really solid mix of songs. Uh, I really like it. I was just, uh, I think I listened to it twice. It's just, it's solid. I like it a lot. Um, there's some heavy stuff. There's some poppy stuff. There's some ballads. There's just, it's kind of all over the map, but they really do pretty well on all of it. The next album I listened to will make, uh, George Lynch smile. I listened to the Lynch mob self-titled album. And this next, this next artist I listened to will really, really make Outback Mark smile. I listened to Ozzy Osbourne and I listened to all of the following albums. Keep track, Mark, and see if you notice anything missing. I listened to Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman, Bark at the Moon, The Ultimate Sin, No Rest for the Wicked, No More Tears, Osmosis, Down to Earth, Black Rain, Scream, and Ordinary Man. It's interesting. There's only three of those albums that don't have a title track. It's a little bit like Maiden. Most of theirs have title tracks, so... And I already told you what podcast I listened to, so now's where it's going to get kind of interesting. Um, I Before I do the retweets and the quote quotes, I'm going to read you. Um, recently, uh, and I'm not, I don't want to name names, um, but recently somebody that I had was following on uh, Twitter, um, well, you know what? Before I do that, let me let me read you something just to uh, share. You might have noticed I did a bunch of polls on my podcast like a week ago or in the last week. And it's really polls that when you saw it, you probably thought, what on earth? Why is he asking all these questions? But I just want to talk about um, something here. So. I made a post on Twitter and I'll read it. It's basically the same post, except I changed the question in every post. It all, they all said, we are all Iron Maiden fans here, blood brothers. We are all different in ways, yet we all love one of the same things more than one probably, but we all at least have that in common. I said, please answer this for me as closely as you can. No comments are necessary. Cause I thought some of these questions you ask, you let people make comments and 
You know how political things can get when you talk about some of these things I asked. Well, at least you will when you hear it. I had 162 answers to the question, how do you classify yourself spiritually? The options were non-believer, Muslim, Christian, or other belief system. All four of them had multiple answers. All four of them had multiple votes, I'll say. The next one was, how would you classify yourself sexually? The options were gay, straight, bisexual, or other not listed. All four of them had votes. The next one was, which of these races are you or closest to? And I do apologize, and I did apologize, because there's just not enough options. You only get four options, and you need a lot more options. There's, But I, I listed black, white, Hispanic, and Asian, and all four of those got votes. Interesting here, right? The next question was a yes or no. Have you ever been in the military, or are you in the military? A lot of people said no, but some said yes, so there's something else. There's a little bit of diversity in all of this, obviously. There's a lot in some of it, but there's a little in some of it. And again, these are all things that uh, I bet if I would have said, or have you, are you related to somebody that's ever been in the military? I bet that would have changed it up a little bit. Uh, next one I said is what kind of, are you more of a blue collar worker or a white collar worker? Uh, someone asked me what that meant. A blue collar worker, I look at it as like kind of manual labor. And a white collar person, a person is someone who, sits at a desk, um, you know, isn't out doing physical labor uh, mainly. And I know some people didn't vote. One, the, you know, one person told me, hey, I, I voted blue collar. But and when I know what that person does and I said, nah, you're white collar. Um, I asked, what is or how do you classify your gender? Uh, this is a controversial topic nowadays. Uh, the options were male, female, or transgender. Uh, or other not listed. Three of the four of them got votes. Other not listed got zero votes. Um, age range, uh, 18 to 30, 31 to 40, 41 to 50, or 51 plus. All four of those got votes. Uh, have you ever lost a friend or family member to any form of cancer? Uh, had 102 votes and 86% of the people voted. Yes, they have. While we have lots of differences, that's obviously something we all have in common. Um, last question I asked was, and obviously one of the things that just tears people apart, your political beliefs. I said, uh, which do you consider whatever political beliefs you have to be the closest to what you believe? Uh, one was conservative-ish, liberal-ish. In between conservative and liberal-ish, and very radical on one side. So literally the last two answers, which were about 39% of the votes were either in between or very radical on one of those two sides. or both. But all four got a lot of votes. And now, honestly, on this one, this is the closest poll. And so basically your audience is split 50-50. When you're talking about things politically and differences, we all have lots of differences, 
There's a music artist that came out recently. You're probably wondering, like, where in the hell are you going with this, Steve? You've just read a whole bunch of stuff, and you're not really getting us anywhere. But you're going to have to hear me out. I've got a lot of thoughts that I wrote down. I might overlap a little bit. I might I might rabbit trail on a little bit here. But there's an artist recently. I don't know the artist. I, it's not someone I've ever listened to. It was a female singer. And I she was in one of the states in the United States, and if I rec- I I haven't watched it because I'm not going to give her the time of day. I uh, don't give anybody the time of day on this stuff usually, except for one person that I followed on Twitter. That uh, is the whole reason for me saying all this. Um, and this musician who makes a living by playing for people, music, right? Who cares what people think? If if they if they like your music, hey, cool. You're liking my music. You're here at my concert. And lady got up and basically just said, "If you support," and she named a, a, a um, she named a political person, and said, "If you support this guy, I don't like something along the lines of I don't want you listening to my music, or I can't stand you, or you know something just like." I'm like, why would you say that? Literally, you're, you're you don't know anything about a person, and you're going to sit there and completely judge a hundred percent based on what they would vote or who they would vote on. Ridiculous. Um, it also reminds me of something I've seen on Facebook a lot in the past few years, several years. One of the things that really has ruined Facebook and made me realize what a bunch of pricks people can be, uh, where they'll make a post. And I'm sorry if that if you're one of the people that have said this, but I personally. Just think it's a, a load of BS for anyone to say this because let me say this. I have never become friends with anybody because of their political beliefs. You you have you find your commonalities, you don't find your differences. Uh, a lot of times I like to find friends that have music in common with me. And uh but I've seen people where they'll make a post and they'll say Blah, 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 blah. And if you disagree with me, just go ahead and delete me as a friend right now. And I always think, well, what kind of friends would you have if they all deleted you because they disagreed with you? Like, what's wrong with the world that we can't disagree with one another and still be friends? It's okay to disagree and move on. Move on to something. Hey, we don't we don't like the same political person. Hey, you know what we do like, though? Man, we love Iron Maiden. Man, Brave New World's awesome. Oh, man, I love Number of the Beast. Oh, yeah, Senjutsu, man. That's a great app. Whatever. There's ways around this. So years ago, I wouldn't say a couple years. Within the last couple years, a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook, we met, never met in person, but we've, we met through the internet. This is back in the fan board days. This is before uh, Facebook existed. And we were on a page for a band that we both liked and we would, you know, go back and forth, but they would have, they had like a, um, what do they call it? They had a forum on there where you could go and you could make your own posts and you could say, well, I like that. You know, you could talk about politics. You could talk about religion. You could talk about music. You could talk about food, whatever, but it would get political. And I definitely, you know, me and this guy didn't see eye to eye politically, which I don't really get involved in politics, but when I would read his politics, I was, he was very hard leaning one way. And I was just kind of like, golly, man, just why would you want to get that invested in it? It's just get angry and bitter about stupid stuff. So, you know, but through all the years, we still, we stayed in touch when Facebook became a thing. We became friends on Facebook because 
we had similar music in common, or music interests in common. And one day he says to me, or no, he didn't say to me, he makes that post on Facebook that I just alluded to. If you disagree with blah, 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 you just delete me as a friend. And like part of me, I'm like, look, I don't really like a lot of what you post because it's a lot of political. But in my mind, I'm like, but I didn't become friends with you because you're of, of whatever politics you think. I became friends with you because of your music. So I don't usually get involved in political conversations, but I decided this one time, like I am now, to go on there. And I said, I said, you know what? I disagree with this political stance you're making, I guess. I think, and I said, but I'm not going to delete you as a friend because of that. I said, because me and I became friends with you on here, not because of your political beliefs, but because of your, um, your music, you know, what you like in music, your music beliefs, if you will. And, um, you know, and I got a lot of flack. I got a lot of flack on that page, uh, on his, uh, little chat. I got a lot of flack because of that. A lot of people, you know, came at me about it. And I was just like, look, this, this, or this, I became friends with him because of music. I would never dig into the, into the political stuff. I just kept going back to, and I told him, I said, listen, man, if you want to delete me because I don't agree with you, then you can go right on ahead. I'm not going to delete you though. And I just kind of laid it to rest. I, you know, cause people kept just going, you know, people, it's a they dog they dogpile people, you know. It turns into the 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 um what do they call it mob mentality and mob mentality never ends well. At least I don't think so. So, or well, it can end well, I guess, occasionally, but very rarely, very rarely does it. There's probably I'm sure there's an instance where it has, but I just and I eventually I just kind of I backed out. I said I'm that's all I'm going to say, you know. And if you don't if you don't if you want to delete me for that, that's fine. That's your business, but I won't do it. I didn't become friends with you because of your, your political beliefs. And so I left and then I came back, you know, a day or two later, cause I'm not on there every day. And I come back and I immediately, I went, let me see if I'm still friends with him. And I checked it out. He never deleted me. And I thought, well, maybe he at least understood, you know, where I was coming from and respected where I was coming from because I just, I won't, I mean, look, if you're going to come on and be a Nazi, you know, and, 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 and there's certain things that I probably wouldn't want to, you know, I might, I might have to work around something like that and say, Hey, uh, I, I'm not going to be friends with someone that has those kind of beliefs, but I mean, just the generic political beliefs of I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a this or I'm a that, or, or people like, you know, like, yeah, I believe that people can be transgenders or not transgenders or whatever. You could sit there and have an argument with somebody that just is like, man, you know, I don't believe that people should have abortions. That's a big one, right? And then they'll say, you know, and I just think we need to all love each other and we need to do this and do that. And then you get someone to come against them and say, well, no, I think people should have abortions. And they will flip the script so fast on you and practically want to abort your life, you know, but it's exactly the same on the other side. You get someone, and this and this goes for any argument. I'm just picking abortion because it's a very controversial one. Get someone on there that's like, everybody needs to have the opportunity to have an abortion if they want to. And then you guess what happens? And I just, you know, we need to all be respectful of others' beliefs. And you need to respect what people think. And, and yet when someone comes and disagrees with them, what do they do? It's just like they just go off the deep end. And I mean, not everybody's like that, obviously. 
I mean, I'm not like that. I mean, I may have my moments. I know we all do. But I, you know, you see people that are just constantly like that. What happened uh, the other day was um, there was a some political, I guess it's a political guy. I asked somebody about it, and they said, yeah, he's a political person uh, in some way. I don't want to get into the details of what they posted because I don't want to, I don't want anyone to know who it was. Uh, but they posted something and they asked a question and the person that I followed previously, uh, who kind of always just is one of these, Hey, you know, we need to all be, you know, we need to love one another and we need to support. If we have different kinds of beliefs, you be supportive and you show that you, you know, that you're into that and whatever you, you know, if, even if you disagree with it, you, you should still support it, whatever. And I really don't have a problem with that. As far as if you disagree with it, that's cool. You have a right. Every, we all have a right to disagree with whatever we want to. Right. But there's no reason to be disrespectful to people because of that, because you disagree. It's We can disagree. We can have our arguments or whatever and be respectful. The guy came on there, the, the celebrity-ish guy, who the other guy, I guarantee you, doesn't know. Never met him in person, not a friend or a whatever. And he asked the question. The guy that I was following on Twitter comes back and just is rude as hell. Just blast this guy, you know shut the F up and, you know, kind of go the F away kind of comments and just totally. And I'm like, you should never talk to people like that. I mean, look, there's probably an instance here or there where it fits, but this guy, you don't even know him. Like most people just, just, just keep walking, keep going. There's a such thing as moving past something. If you see something you disagree with, here's what you can do. Keep on scrolling, keep scrolling Facebook, keep scrolling Twitter there's no need for you to, if someone comes on there and just says, oh man, I love this album by so-and-so, uh, what's your favorite song? And then the, and then you see people get on there and comment, go, that's a crap album. They suck. And I get it. Sometimes it's funny, but really they're asking for, you know, positivity that they, they don't want the negativity. So I got home and I remember I had just read the comment that that guy said, and I was like, and I knew the guy was a little bit political, had some political thoughts and whatever. It's it's your business. I don't care. We discussed it. And I just kind of was like, hey, do whatever you want. I'll do whatever I want. You know, I mean, you have a, we all have a right to say what we want. We can certainly uh, be friends. But when I saw that, I, I I remember I was getting in the shower. I had just seen it. And I thought, now, now Twitter's a little bit political, right? You go on there, you delete somebody, you block somebody, you do whatever, and people get offended or, oh, look, and they post it. Look, look who blocked me, you know, or this or that. And I'm nobody, but I just was like, I thought about it and, and I thought, so people will see his posts because I follow him. And I just thought, and I don't want anyone to think that I follow somebody that thinks it's okay to talk to other people that way, to be disrespectful. It's like going to a restaurant and just being really rude to the, uh, to the waiter or the waitress for no reason. There's, there's no reason. So, so here's, I'm just going to read some stuff I wrote down. I might've read, I might've said all this, but these are a bunch of stuff. This is a bunch of stuff I wrote down. Uh, I'm very sorry to be getting political here, but there's no reason that we can't be respectful of other people. I mean, my God, if you disagree with someone, just keep on moving. You're not going to change somebody's mind about their politics or 
you know, there's strongly held beliefs. If you have a nice, rational conversation, you can make people see the other side maybe. But being rude and offensive, calling them names and, and just saying, you know, it's just, it's worthless. So I wrote this. I said, um, I don't care if you're gay or straight, Christian or atheist, Muslim, black, white, Middle Eastern, left-leaning, right-leaning politically. I don't care if you use pronouns or if you're against it. You know, you can think whatever you like. It's, it's, we all have a, a life to live and we all have the right to think what we want. Now, is it right? You know, you're always, it's always up for debate, obviously, but there's no reason to be disrespectful. I keep away from politics and I don't follow many people on Twitter. You know, recently, like I said, someone I followed did what I said, made a comment. Uh, he couldn't just pass by. Um, what he said was very disrespectful. And um, whether whether I agree or not with whatever that person posted, I don't agree with being disrespectful in response to it. Um, you know, whether we have the exact same view or the exact opposite view, like I said earlier, uh, and what this person did, it was just a scathing comment to the celebrity-ish person. Um, there's no way that celebrity is going to respond. You know, but when I see it, and I just, like I said, I don't want you, if you're listening to me, to see that person's stuff pop up and maybe see like what I saw pop up and go, well, gosh, Uncle Steve follows that guy. He thinks that's okay. He thinks that's okay to talk to people like that. When I read his comments, it disgusted me. I, I don't, I won't tolerate people crapping on other people whenever you could easily walk by it. Um, it's not like someone got in his face and said, hey, your mom's a whore. You know, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> whatever. Not someone like said, your daughter's ugly. You know, your son's is whatever. You know, it's not direct insulting to your family or something that you're going to immediately, whoa, I'm going to maybe jump a little harder at that because you're getting really personal. This wasn't being personal to him. It was just something he asked a question. Um, You know, and this is somebody who says, hey, we should be tolerant of other people's beliefs and and accepting. But when you go and you respond to somebody like that, when you tell people you're tolerant and you're accepting, and then you go and respond like that, you're a hypocrite. You're not tolerant and you're not accepting because when someone disagrees with you, if you can't handle it, if you're going to respond that way, I'm sorry, but you're a hypocrite. And I know we've all been guilty of it from time to time because none of us are perfect, obviously. But when it's consistent and it's that, I, I'm sorry. I, I, If I follow you and that's the kind of crap you're going to put out, generally I don't follow people that post much politics. But I just, if, if it gets ugly and and it's, it's you know, I really try to, to stay away from it. I really try to. I just, I just don't want to be associated too much with that. And, um, you know, it, it's easy. If we don't agree on each other's views, we can have a conversation or we can just, you can do, you can take my road. I don't talk to, about politics with people. I mean, it's, someone's got to really dig deep to get me in a political conversation. And I'll just be like, look, you know, I don't talk politics. We can end the conversation or we can keep on talking. Um, and, and like I said, this is people on both sides of the fence, whether you're left leaning, right leaning, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did unfollow that person. Like I, I took my shower, I got out, I grabbed my phone, I unfollowed him immediately. I was like, I, I don't want to see anything this person posts anymore. I just, I'm not interested anymore. Um, I won't listen to their podcast anymore. 
So, um, uh, you know, we all make dumb decisions. I've seen it happen before from that person. Um, my thing is, is look, I'm on Twitter for fun. We can easily be respectful to people that we disagree with. Um, anybody can be nice when you agree on everything. Uh, as you heard earlier, I read those polls in the Iron Commit in the Iron Maiden community. There's people with all kinds of beliefs in every facet of life. We all know somebody that's a little different, or, and we can all disagree and be respectful. We can all be the bigger person. I follow music and musicians because I love the music people that fall on multiple sides of the spectrum. And I always will. Music is what's important about it for me in that regard. I won't listen to someone's music because uh, any of the stuff, you know, that I mentioned, sex, race, religion, political ideology, you know, whatever those things that are that can divide us. I, I'm going to listen to music if I like the music, you know, um, being disrespectful to someone you don't know, it, it, like I said, it's like going to a restaurant almost and just being rude to a server for no real apparent reason. Um, like I said, I did these polls because I wanted to show we all there's lots of us there's lots of us out there that have different beliefs, um, and I just I'm just gonna fall on the I'm gonna err on the side of I'm gonna be respectful. Uh, I'd rather love you than hate you, you know, um, or just flat out ignore you, I guess. But uh, I'd rather ignore you than hate you. And I don't hate that person, but if that person reaches out to me and wants to have a conversation, that's fine. But I'm not going to just, I just don't want that. Like I said, Twitter, Facebook, it's all for fun. And when it gets into this ugly political thing, I'm not interested. So uh, with all that said, <laughs> uh Maybe you fast forwarded through all that. And if you did, I don't really blame you. It's just, uh, I think I said something important, but at the same time, I understand if you don't want to hear it. So uh, let's get into the retweets and the quick quotes because we have some that have been missing for a while. I've got some of them on my phone because uh, I had to, uh, because I couldn't just, uh, actually, I've got one person's on my phone. So let's get into it. Um, retweets. I got. His Royal Dudeness, Dave in the USA, formerly Dave in the USA. I don't know what he goes by now. Uh, Randolph Carter in World slash Monday. Uh, the Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England. Juan Gatan, Trooper in Nicaragua. Very cool. The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast, location south of heaven. Uh, Willie Valaverta in Finland. Maiden ARG in Argentina. Very cool. Uh, Ron Kramer in Washington State. Justin, I rocked so hard. My abs hurt Castaldo in Florida. Jesse in Montana. Uh, Lord Andrew Whitnall in Melbourne or near Melbourne, Australia. Michael Nolan in Cork, Ireland, and the last two do not have locations. I have E.H. and Action Jackson. Next up, we get in 
to the re the Queetroads, I'm sorry, the Queetroads for the episode. And I'm going to save the longest one for the end. Uh, so we got Thane of the Woods in Indiana, USA. He said, listening to Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve Rock's Iron Maiden, future past set list reactions. And I hope you're still listening to this episode. Hope I didn't run you off or, you know, Matt or Kirsty. Probably me, though. Um, <clears throat> uh, my buddy. <laughs> Eric Goal in South Carolina. And he said, sorry, man, but Steve, you sound like a grumpy old man complaining about the set list. I felt the same way Kirsty did about fear of the dark though. So, uh, and I just said, look, I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, it's an Iron Maiden show. Uh, there's a lot more to be said about uh, what's going on at Iron Maiden shows right now. Uh, outside the set list. That's kind of controversial. I'm not sure if I'm going to hit that right now while I'm by myself. Um, next up was Sir Richard Holmes, uh, the honorable counselor, Sir Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garva, Northern Ireland, the only official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Do not accept imitations. He said, I'm sure it's as good as ever, but I'm trying to avoid spoilers. So no Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone till Dublin. This episode anyway. And I understand totally trying to, uh, to stay free of spoilers, you better stay off Twitter and Facebook. <clears throat> Next up was the official detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, the official Dave Murray of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, the happiest man in podcast land, Gen Murray Yatani in Chiba, Japan. And he said, <laughs> this has made me laugh, the classic lineup of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone discuss the future past tour set list. A lot of excitements and some complaints, but we all are excited that Iron Maiden is back on the road. Indeed. Uh, next up, the uh, Asylum, the Kiss podcast said interesting, controversial, and even some downright insane comments made on this one. But it's always a fun listen when the power trio, I like that, the power trio of me, Matt, and Kirsty are all on an episode together. Hashtag up the irons. Now I get, did a, a tweet short as well. And I said, I love Iron Maiden. We all do here. I felt like I needed to <laughs> kind of share this again because, uh, you know, some people may not feel this way after they hear this episode. Uh, we all do here. Hashtag Iron Maiden is over, but hashtag Iron Maiden is touring with a new set list, and we have to react. You may love or hate some of our opinions, but don't worry. There are more divisive ones coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, so it'll probably be next week. Well, the Iron Maiden story you're going to hear today when you listen to this is definitely going to have some interesting comments, but it's a lot of fun too. Um, I said, thank you for listening and sharing. Next up, Dean King. Another sweet invitation, so I must comment. I'm 9 out of 10 thrilled, but God help me, I agree with Steve, a man who is just so hard to please. Jeez, I'd replace madness with where eagles dare, ideally. Uh, totally disagree with that, but uh, would definitely take um, infinite dreams or 
the evil that men do or Moonchild, uh, and quite a few others too. Um, y'all know that song you said better without lyrics, <laughs> an awesome banger. It's a good one. That's for sure. Uh, then Rockarola in Idaho, he said hard liquor, vomit, and heavy medications. Sounds like a typical Saturday night. Which opinion will be the one you love to hate? Good question. The last Queet Trope for the episode, we actually had a returning winner of podcast of the, I'm sorry, not podcast, uh, Queet Trope of the week. His royal dudeness, Dave in the USA. Glad to have you back, Dave. Uh, and he said, hashtag Iron Maiden. Check out Steve, Kirsty, and Matt as they review Iron Maiden's future past tour set list. And then he added some comments. So let me read them. It's a quite a comment, too, or comments. And I actually have not read these yet. So, Dave, I hope you, there's no tongue twisters in here. He said, let's see here. He said, Hashtag Iron Maiden. As we all know, Maiden has just begun their future past tour. Kirsty, Matt, and Steve are here to tell you about the set list. It's only fitting that we get Iron Maiden's classic trio. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Um, we get Iron Maiden Zone's classic trio. That's twice we got called a trio. To review the brightness of Maiden's future as they continue to tour in 2023 and beyond. We didn't mention Nico too much, so I guess that keeps in line with the bright part. Matt decided to have some fun and guess what the set list might be, and boom! He nails the three encores, and listen to how pleased he is to find out from Kirsty that Bruce has very few, if any, wardrobe changes during the tour. See fan videos on YouTube. Kirsty could not be more excited about the new set list, as eh, she could too. And as usual, points out a lot of interesting facts, such as Bruce is dressed like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, which I can't believe I didn't notice myself as much as I love that movie. Finally, wait for the madness to ensue when Steve has to deal with discussing two of his least favorite songs on the set that landed back to back. His overall grade for the set is, well, you'll have to listen. That was part one. Part two. I would give the Future Pass Tour set list a, let me, let me make this brighter so I can see it. I would give the Future Pass set list a nine out of ten. The Prisoner, Alexander the Great, and the new Senjutsu songs are highlights for me. Half the songs are ones they have either never played live or haven't played in a long time. You have to give them credit for taking on that challenge at this point of their career. Very good point. With this set list, they have now played seven of the 10 Senjutsu songs, which is an impressive 70% of the album. The Somewhere in Time song choices were predictable but it's added interest because they are playing them now with Yannick, especially Alexander the Great and Caught Somewhere in Time. The addition of Can I Play with Madness is perplexing 
because the chorus is so difficult for them to pull off live, and I don't sense this song is in high demand by the fans. Amen, brother. Something unique I feel they could have done is change up the five classic songs they played even more than they did. Beyond not playing Hallowed, Number of the Beast, and Run to the Hills, they could have also dropped The Trooper and Fear of the Dark. That's a tall order. Then they could have thrown in two other songs they haven't played much or ever. I would take that. That said, this is just me wanting closer to a perfect set list, which of course is an unrealistic ask. This tour is ambitious for a band that at this stage of their career could just play it safe while continuing to sell out arenas and stadiums. Good points. All good points. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Okay, next up we get to the Waffle Zone. And we have a few retweets and quote quotes. And then at the very end, I'm going to ask a question. Some of you may know which question I'm going to ask because I've already asked a few of you this question privately. But I'm going to ask a question that's a very, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out my opinion and uh, it's not going to be popular with some people as I've already seen on uh, YouTube. But before I throw that out, I just want to make you pay attention to this and think about it and really, really give these songs a listen when I tell you what to do or ask you for your thoughts. It would be much appreciated. Emails would be appreciated. Uh, at Iron Maiden Podcast at gmail.com. Iron Maiden stories can be sent there as well. But I do want to hear your thoughts because I have a very hard topic outside of the stupid political thing, you know? Uh, I, I don't really want to hear your thoughts on that. If you disagree with me, that's one you can keep to yourself, okay? <laughs> so uh, the quick quotes, I'm sorry, the retweets go as follows on the Waffle Zone last week. The Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England. Willie Valaverta in Finland, Ron Kramer in Washington State, Giddy Up, and Jesse in Montana. Hope you're enjoying Montana if you hear this. And the Queet Trotes go as follows. Kirsty Prince in Perth, Australia said, Check out my grand entrance on the Waffle Zone. And then for some, some strange reason... Uh, I got a couple of these sent to me privately. Hashtag team Matt. I don't know why she would align herself with him whenever she was one of the, ob- the optional hashtags. <sighs> Kirsty. Next up, the official dinosaur of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden's own Dean King. And he said, fun waffling this week because Steve, you talked yourself into agreeing with me. When you said Blaze's voice didn't fit Maiden, this is me saying this next part, not exactly. Obviously, we all know Bruce is the best fit and that Maiden turned Blaze into something different, but I don't hate his voice for Maiden. I'll always choose Bruce over anybody else's voice in Maiden, obviously, but I do like Blaze. This is back now to Dino. 
not closed-minded when you give something a chance for 25 years and just don't like it. And I do agree with that. If you don't like it, like you said, same for me and Dio. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, so maybe I should start saying that Dio is not a fit for Dio. He ruins it for me. <laughs> uh, and he also added, oh, and you, oh, and love you too, uh, Matt. B B L O L. I guess that means, uh, Ooh, I'm not going to guess what B B stands for. Uh, maybe he says baby, baby laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, next up we have, uh, Gen Murray Yatani, the happiest man in podcast land. And he said, miracle Kirsty And I had 11 matches. I have no regrets with my life now. <laughs> yeah. You and Kirsty, like I said, uh, one of y'all's deathbed, the other one's going to be standing there, whoever goes first, and having a tearful uh, remembrance of that moment. The last quick trote for the Waffle Zone is, as usual, Rockarola, who I can tell is starting to run out of ideas when he says, grab your Vegemite syrup. <laughs> Find out which one is the dummy. I think everybody knows that one already. You are sure to have an out-of-body experience. Very nice. Very nice. So that's it for the Waffle Zone, except for this last bit. And this is the tough conversation. A lot of people have probably noticed this or seen it if you've listened. So here's where I stand right now on the Iron Man. You heard me talk about it with uh, Kirsty and Matt last week. I have only heard Caught Somewhere in Time. That's the only song I've listened to in full that they performed live. And this is after I got off the phone with Kirsty. We were messaging a little bit. She had told, well, she had, before we got off, she had said uh, something about Nico's drumming. I asked her a question. She didn't want to say too much. I could tell. She ended up sending me um, the opening night. The first night they played came out. I watched it and I didn't, I wasn't really listening for Nico to be messing up. I knew Bruce had missed a verse or something that she had told me about, but I listened to it and there's a part in caught somewhere in time where they do the chorus. And then there's this drum part where it's like where he's playing, uh, Nico's playing along with the guitars and probably the bass where it's like, everyone knows that part, the drums, add so much they give it so much power it's such an awesome movement during the song it's gone it's not in the song he's not playing it i totally understand that nick is a 70 year old guy and he's not playing it but man it really dropped I, my jaw dropped because i i had this thought of oh my gosh this is the start of the tour Man, I, it was so noticeable, and there was I noticed a lot of different things. You know, you, you notice little bits. You know, he's played over the years. He's changed up a little bit, and you don't really notice it too much. But when it's that noticeable, when it's that prominent in a song, I mean, I just thought, oh, my gosh. You know, we've always kind of just thought, well, Maiden will just keep on keeping on. They're going to just keep on doing it. They're going to keep on doing it. We know they're getting older. Yeah, they're going to keep on. In your mind, you keep thinking they're going to keep on doing it. Iron Maiden's going to keep on doing it. Man, they're just going to keep on doing it. Nothing's going to change. Doesn't matter apparently how old Nico's going to get. He's just going to keep on doing what he's doing. But when I listened to that and I sent Kirsty a message and I just said, hey, wow, 
And she goes, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to say it. And we, I think everybody feels that way. No one wants, people are saying something, but no one really wants to say anything. People are like, well, it's getting better. And so I was like, okay, let me, let me fast forward. Cause like I said, I don't want to sit here and, you know, talk crap about him or just say he sucks. Cause he doesn't, he's an amazing drummer for 40 years in Iron Maiden. Let me, let me go up and, you know, cause maybe it's the beginning of the tour. Apparently he had, I found out later he had come out and made some comments about being really nervous because he probably knows that there's a big difference in what he's doing. And we all love Nico. Nobody doesn't like Nico, his personality, his sense of humor, his, he's such a huge part of Iron Maiden. He came out and even said, you know, I'm, I'm really nervous, more nervous than normal. And when I was watching that little bit of a video and I thought, God, he looks so old. I mean, yeah, he's a 71-year-old guy. I totally get it. But it's just, it's almost like seeing one of your heroes and going, oh, man, he's, it, it, it was sad. So I've fast-forwarded and I, I've watched the most recent, I think, well, it was the most recent show when I watched it. It was, I can't remember, they were playing a big festival, it looked like, and it was daylight when they came on stage. So you might know which one I'm talking about. I can't remember where that was. And I thought, let's see how it sounds. Let's, it's a weekend, you know, maybe he just, you know, practice always is going to help you get better and doing something more and more and more and more is always going to help you get better at it. Um, if you don't think so, go listen to the beginning of my podcast when I first started out. Whew. A, I know you probably think I'm already still bad, but that was really bad. Um, but I thought, you know, here it is a weekend, you know, he's probably, you know, the rust is coming off and, you know, he's kind of getting nice and oiled up and ready to just play the drums and, and just, you know, get, start filling in those fills. You know, Nico is the dental drummer of dental drummers. And if you don't know what a dental drummer is, a dental drummer, he's like a dentist, you know, if he sees a hole, he wants to fill it, you know? So, um. I listened to the show. I think it was maybe, I think it's about two weeks in or so. And it was literally like that, that part where it's done to get to get done to get to get done. And instead of they're doing, and he's just like, and he's doing a little bit, but he's just like, it's so noticeable still. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, and now I'm really in my mind. I'm just really thinking I've asked, I asked somebody, that has already attended a show. And I said, Hey, when you went to the show, what did you think? What did you think of Nico of his drumming? Cause I, I haven't heard any other song. I would imagine a stranger in a strange land, a writing on the wall that the more regular slower paced songs are going to probably be, probably be a lot more on par with what he's played. But in my mind, I was like, well, maybe they should just get rid of caught somewhere in time. Which, obviously, look, we all want to hear it. Maybe they should get rid of it, put Senjutsu back. It's a slower opener. It it fits. It, it works better. It, it's like down-tuning when you have Blaze Bailey when he's singing Heaven Can Wait. Down-tune a little. Help the guy out. This would help Nico out. So there's a few options here. You know, because in my mind, I, like I said, and I haven't listened to anything else. Uh, I think I've, I've heard he sounds really good on some of the other stuff. But, man, everybody wants to hear Caught Somewhere in Time. And everybody wants to hear it sound good. 
So in my mind, I'm like, there's several options, and I probably won't name them all because I don't have anything written down in front of me. I'm trying to go off of what, what I've messaged and talked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For, okay. First of all, my friend that went to the show, I said, how was Nico? He said, I didn't notice anything at the show. It sounded good. But he recorded some of it, or he went back and watched some of the recordings of it, and he's like, wow, I could really hear it on the recordings. I didn't notice it live because it's just, you know, you're listening to Bruce, and you're listening to guitars and solos and everything going on. So I've asked, I've seen other people making comments about it, and I'm just like, gosh, so what happens next? I've asked a few friends of mine, what do they think? What do you think happens next? So I'm going to try to run through the litany of options here if I can. I think there's two more months of this tour. You could ride it out. Nico finishes the tour. And then maybe he goes, you know what? I was nervous before and I realized why, because it was just, I hate to say he was, it, it was past time for him to stop. You know, don't want to say that, but that's, that's one of the options. That's a fact. Um, Maybe, maybe to say he's, completely past his time is a little rough. I don't know that I would completely say that because he's doing a pretty decent job, but he's, you know, we want to hear these songs in the little intricacies and most of the intricacies, the, the main, the big drum rolls, the big fills. Those are the things that when they're gone, you really notice it. Like I said, I noticed it immediately when it got to that part, I was like, Oh my gosh, Nico, this is different. This isn't, you know, so they could finish the tour. Nico could, and them could part ways. Uh, they have a very capable backup, um, Joe Lazarus, which is Steve Harris's nephew. Um, basically, if if you if you don't know who he is, this is how close he is in relation. Steve Harris has a sister. Steve Harris's sister has a son. His name is Joe. So he's in the bloodline. Um, Joe's an amazing drummer. You can go find him on uh, Instagram. Uh, I think it's Joe Laz Drums is what he goes by on Instagram. Amazing. He is an amazing drummer. I'm going to get his handle for you right here just to give it to you. Make sure I give you the right one. It's Joe Lazarus Drums. That's what he goes by on on uh, Instagram. He has stuff on YouTube as well. Dude kills it, man. He he plays just like Nico. And Nico's taught him a lot. He he does single bass pedal like Nico. Amazing guy. So if the if if it needed to happen, I you know, I don't know. I mean, it's probably Joe's favorite band, even though he's Steve's nephew, is Iron Maiden. He loves Iron Maiden. His Iron Maiden story is somewhere in the history of my podcast. You can find it. So that's um, that's one option. They can, you know, Nico could leave at the end of the two months, whenever this tour finishes, this part, this whatever. Uh, second option is Nico could depart sooner than that. You know, he could play, let's say he could play three more shows and then, you know, supposedly Steve was yelling at him during the show and uh, I heard some of that. Uh, or been told about some of that. And um, that's not a good thing. You know, the boss, you don't want the boss yelling at you about your job. You know, they got rid of Clive Burr. I mean, they got rid of Adrian Smith back in the day when they were in their prime. So um, at what point 
do they, let's just say that there's that option there. They could get rid of, um, they could, you know, they could have Nico make an announcement that, Hey, um, I, I need to step down. Uh, it's just what I need. It's not what I necessarily want. It's what I need. It's what this band needs. It's what the fans deserve, whatever. Um, the, the, another option is they could finish the tour with Nico and they could call it a day and say, you know what? We don't want to, I don't, you know, Steve could say, look, I don't want to play with another drummer. Uh, I've had multiple people say that multiple people have said if they had to part with one member, Nico is, you know, the least visible. He's back there. He's buried in his drum set. You don't really see him except at the end of the show or unless he's on the camera. Uh, we all love him. I mean, it, it's nothing I say is, is meant to be harsh. Uh, I love Nico. I've loved his drumming for so many years. Uh, it's, you know, this is a really difficult thing, but man, hearing what he sounded like, I just like, oh my gosh, this, and I've talked to somebody who, you know, even said to me just earlier, I said, uh, Nico's time is coming to a close pretty soon. Uh, not that that person has any inside knowledge, but just, you know, kind of, I think it's that gut feeling thing. And, and in my, I think in a lot of us, we feel it like we can almost see it coming, but it's like, you don't want to admit it. We, we don't want one of our heroes to, you know, I wouldn't say he would be tossed by the wayside by any means. The dude's been in the band 40 years. There's no way they're going to, they're going to disrespectfully or, you know, wrongfully do this. But at the same time, you got Steve Harris and Steve Harris wants things to be a certain way. And if these songs aren't coming out the way fans want, and it, if they're not coming out more importantly, the way Steve wants, at what point does Steve Say, listen, Nick, uh, you know, because there's pride involved in wanting to, like, imagine you have the greatest job ever, like being the drummer of Iron Maiden. And you keep telling people, well, when, I, when it's time, I'll step down. It's still going to be hard to do because, A, you're leaving your job that you've had for the last 40 years, the career, the adulation from the fans, just getting up every day, every night and playing and playing great music and just everything that goes along with that, the whole lifestyle Everything of that is maybe they could keep, you know, they could keep Nico on the tour and Nico could come out like kind of like what Judas Priest does with Glenn Tipton and and, and Kate. Uh, he could come out at the end and play a couple of songs, you know, kind of like uh, what uh, Glenn does. Uh, or maybe that would get him too rusty and or he could and he could play along with Joe, you know, for two songs at the end if that's the way they did. Or and uh, I mean, I assume it's going to be it would it would if it happened. I assume it would be Joe Lazarus. Could it be somebody else? I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. In that way, I would feel like they would take the ACDC route. Hey, Malcolm's not here. Let's get Stevie. He's the nephew. Joe Lazarus is a nephew. I, I could totally see him wanting to keep that part in the family, if he could, you know, rather than bring in an, an outsider, someone that's really invested. And Joe has been super invested for years and years and years and years and years. He loves Maiden. He adores Maiden. So I would love to see Joe get that opportunity if it arose. But, you know, but again, so do they replace Nico on the tour after the tour? Do they resign? Do they quit? Does the band call it quits after the tour? Do they, um, I don't know, do they tour with Nico coming along? Do they, uh, do they just, I don't know. There's so many little options and different ways that this could go. Would anybody else leave the band if Nico wasn't going to be in the band? Is there anyone in that band? Uh, Dave, 
I wouldn't think Dave because Dave's been there the whole time. Um, Adrian or Yannick or even Bruce, would any of them say, if Nico's out, I don't want to be here either. Nico is a big part of the reason I still want to play in this band. There's lots of factors that could come along with that. Is Steve... Is Steve like, hey, I don't want to play with another drummer. Man, this has been my partner for the last 40 years, 41, 42 years. It's a it's a lot of a lot of tough decisions that you know, or that it's, this is a tough decision that has to be made. Um, my question for you is how do you feel about it? Um, a lot of people act like if you say Nico's not doing the greatest job or he's not playing up to snuff to what he used to, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're He's old. He, he, you know, cut him some slack. I mean, I totally cut the guy slack. I would still go see Maiden with him playing like that, probably. But who wants to see a lesser version of their favorite band? And like I said, it's, it's not an insult to him in any way. It's just a fact. It's just, it is lesser. If, if, if you can have somebody else playing those songs the way they are, is it disrespectful to Maiden's legacy in any way? I don't think so. But at the same time, I would also respect it if they came out and said, we're not going to tour without Nico. We're going to finish these shows, and that's it. We're done. Maybe we'll record albums, but we're done touring. I would totally respect that. I wouldn't like it, but look, these guys are, we all know that the time is, is close. You know, we believe they have much time, but I guarantee you their time is short as far as a touring act. There's not, you know, and when I say short, five, six years, max. I don't even know if it goes that far because all these guys are going to be in their 70s in five or six years. So what do you think is going to happen? You know, do you think it's unfair to say that that he's lost a step? Nico has, uh, you know, uh, I think he's mentally all there. Who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just he's not playing those songs the way I want to hear them. And, and I love Nico. No, I, I can't say it to, enough times. No slight against Nico, but... Something's missing there, and and uh, I just really curious now as to what happens next. So, send me your emails, your hate mail, your agreement. I mean, I like I said, I, I'm being, re- I feel like I'm respectful. You may hate me more for the stupid political stuff I mentioned earlier, but um, whatever it is, you know, send me an email, ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. You can send me comment. Uh, you can send me DMs on Twitter. I'll respond to those as well. Emails are more fun because I can uh, take my time a little more with those, it feels like. But um, all of that said, and that's a lot to say here at the end about Nico. I really wasn't planning on saying any of that about Nico, but it's it's kind of a uh, – not an, I wouldn't say at this point it's an emotional thing for me, but it's it's just – it's it was jaw-dropping to hear the way he played, and it's really sad to think that – I imagine that his time with Iron Maiden as the regular drummer on a tour is coming to an end. It's, I just don't think there's any other way around it. Um, so send in your thoughts. Sorry to end this on like a downer, but um, up the irons, man. If, if you, if you think any differently, let me say this, man, I love Nico McBrain. I love his personality. If, you know, I'd love to interview a lot of people, but I would love, love, love to interview Nico just to have the fun conversations, the funny stories. I feel like I would be crying, laughing with Nico. So 
all the love to Iron Maiden and uh, Nico, uh, Bruce, Adrian, Yannick, Steve, Dave. Um, keep it up out there on the road and um, email me, message me, tell me what you think's going to happen. If you think I'm crazy, if you think I hit it on the nose, um, let me know. Let me know. So last thing. There is a very entertaining Iron Maiden story out this week. So waffle on over and listen to it right now. (laughs) 